With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Special performance, Macabre. Tonight's story, The Man in the Mirror. Two lanes here. Why can't they make their repairs on off hours? No, got to blast away during rush hour traffic. What's the matter with that guy ahead? How come he's slowing down? That'll teach him. <laughs> Boy, I'm tired. Hard day at the office. Peg's got a hot supper waiting at home. I'd like to get there sometime today. That guy ahead didn't pay any attention to me at all. Come on, Buster, speed it up. Series six. I want to get home. Leave you in nothing flat, buddy. <laughs> How's that for speed, eh? Hey, truck. I can see it coming. I'm get back here on collision. Oh, no, no, no. He can't get away. You've got a strong stomach, pal. What's eating you? Look down there. Where his face should be. I, I don't see it at all. Yeah. That's what I mean.
Not a chance to save this one, nurse. Careful. You need to be conscious, doctor. I doubt it. Another minute or two, and you'll be all over. Sponge the blood fish. He's bleeding too fast. Yes, poor fellow. Even if he lived, couldn't get through life like this. Doctor, respiration irregular. Won't be long, I'm afraid. Scalping. I can hear every word they're saying. I can't move. Paralyzed. Scissors. The accident. The trunk. I know what happened. Sponge. Almost nothing left of my head. Don't give up, Doc. Try to save me. He missed it. Respiration shallow. Partly with the effort. Nothing can save this man. Please, Doc, don't quit. I know you can't hear me, but please try. Help me, Doc. Don't shake your head. I'm not homeless. I want to live. Doctor? Yes? Respiration stopped. Mm, I see. Don't give up. I want to live. I don't want to die. Are you going to open his chest, Doctor? Heart massage? Yes. Absolutely hopeless. There isn't a chance. He may take another breath in a moment. Better wash up, nurse. Oh, don't leave! A breath, doctor. Mm, spasmodic. Probably his last. Oh, I'm still alive, doc. Try to save me. Help me, for God's sake! Stethoscope. Please don't let me die. I'm afraid. Why did I have to pass that car? I'd give anything to live it over again. Anything. Can someone help me? Oh, God. Oh, Perhaps I can, John oh. Randall. Can't they make their repairs on off hours? No, gotta blast away during rush hour traffic. What's the matter with that guy ahead? How come he's slowing down? I'll teach him. <laughs> hey, just had one of those familiar feelings. 
as if this had happened before. Strange. Now it's gone. Seems I almost remembered something unpleasant. It's not a pass that car up ahead. I don't think I'd better. I wonder why. Hmm. Can't remember. Way truck accident. That's it. I was killed in a collision. Yeah. Can't be. Couldn't have happened. I'd be sitting here driving home. <laughs> I dozed off for a minute, I guess. Yeah. Dreamed it. Sure. No other explanation. What <sighs> a relief. I gotta get home. Peg's having steak for supper. And she's one wife who expects her husband to be on time. Why, you were hungry tonight, John. You ate like a condemned man at his last meal. Hey! Oh, I startled you, darling. Why so deep and quiet? Uh, nothing. Just thinking. John, I honestly believe you've been working too hard, especially since you fell asleep driving home today. Oh, let's take a week off together and run down to Mother's. A week? Yes, dear. We haven't vacationed in two years, not since we were married. Mother says we can have the cottage on the lake. You called your mother? Just before you came home. Please, John. She wants us to come down. It's really a very nice lake, and you know how you like to fish. I don't think the office can spare me. Ask them. It takes time. We need plans. I can't just pick up and leave my job any time I want. Say yes, darling. It'll be our second honeymoon, and I don't see much of you anymore. Oh, Peg. <laughs> what would I do without you? Oh, not too well, I hope. <laughs> darling, I love you. <laughs> tell you what. Call that old law firm you slave for and tell them not to expect you back for a week. But, Peg, I can't... John! This bruise. Did, did you hurt your forehead? <laughs> Sore. Don't touch it. How'd it happen? I don't know. I probably banged it and I fell asleep driving home. That settles it. I'll call Mother in the morning and tell her to expect us. You need more rest, darling. Why, one of these days you may be killed driving home in all that traffic. Read the paper now while I clear away the dishes. All right, Peg. I am overworking. This head bruise. I've never had an hallucination in my life. I won't start now. now. I'll check this thing out. Uh, could you, uh, I mean... Uh, this is the city hospital. May I help you? Yes. Uh, would you check to see if a man hurt in a collision died there this afternoon? What was his name, please? Randall. John Randall. Thank you. Just a moment. This is ridiculous. Asking about my own death. I must be crazy. I've got to know. To be sure. Couldn't have happened. It's all so real. Hello? Uh, yes. Did you find it? Emergency has no record of a John Randall accident victim. N no record? You haven't made a mistake? No. Who's calling, please? Who's calling? Lady, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. What's the matter? <sighs> Can't sleep. It's too hot, I guess. Nearly five. Time to get up soon. Want some hot coffee? No. Maybe I'll drop off for a nap. You haven't slept all night? I don't think so. John, something must be wrong. You always sleep like a log. Don't get excited now, Peg. Shall I call the doctor? 
You know, you've been working too hard. Oh, I'm fine. Well, you keep quiet so I can try to get some rest, though. Oh, all right. You haven't said a thing about going to Mother's. Peg, I'm dead tired now. Shut up, will you? John, what's that on your forehead? No tricks, young lady. Now, turn over and keep quiet. Darling, wait. I'll turn on the light. <gasps> John! It's blood! What? Your, your forehead, it's, it's bleeding. No, Peg. No, it didn't happen. I imagine the whole thing. Accident really didn't happen. Accident? John, you lie right there. I'll call Dr. Shane. Don't, Peg. You must have cut a vein. <gasps> Look at your pillow. You've been bleeding all night. examined you thoroughly, John. I can't find a thing really wrong. But we may have to go to my office for further tests. How do you explain the blood, Doc? I don't. There's no evidence of a wound at all. Where'd all this blood come from? That presents a puzzle. Of course, we're not really certain it's really your own blood. We'll have to make tests. In the meantime, why don't you tell me the truth? What are you talking about? John, I've been your family doctor for many years. You're as healthy as they come. Now you hint of some uh, accident that never happened. You complain of a soreness in the region of the forehead and all this blood from some imaginary wound. Now, really, what do you expect me to think? Doc, you think I'm crazy. I didn't say that. You don't have to. There's more to this than meets the eye. The understatement of the year. Ah, put yourself in my place. What would you say? Send me to the hospital, I guess. That's more like it. Now, tell me what really happened. Start with the blood. I can't answer that. If you want me to help, you'll have to tell the truth. I'm trying to, Doc. It couldn't possibly have come from you. But I... There isn't a mark on your body. Who do you think you're kidding? Uh, impossible. Doc, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah. Give it a try. They might. <sighs> Maybe I should have died on that operating table. What? All right. I'll tell you. You'll think I'm nuts, but so help me, it's the truth. All started yesterday, and I was driving home on the freeway. I thought I had an accident. What do you mean, thought? Aren't you certain? Let me finish, Doc. I hit this truck. They rushed me to the hospital. I was dying. Face torn off. Blood everywhere. And then, just before I died, a voice called to me. Knew my name and everything. He said he would save me for a price. I had to agree. What did he ask? Didn't say. Just said he'd be back in a week to settle. Where are you supposed to meet this man? That's the funniest part. He said to look in my bedroom mirror, and he'd be there. Then what? Found myself back on the freeway as if nothing had happened. I got home, I checked the hospital. They had no record of an accident victim of my name. I could have told you that. What do you think, Doc? I'm not trying to pull a fast one. I'm scared. You blacked out for a moment while on the freeway, fatigued from overwork. I've ruled out the possibility of a small stroke. Recovery was uh, too rapid blacked out. Uh, fatigue acts in strange ways, John. Sometimes makes it difficult to separate fantasy from reality. You've pushed yourself to the breaking point. You, you'll have to be careful. You don't believe it happened? Yes, yes, it certainly did. But only in your mind. Sounds reasonable. What about my forehead? It's pretty sore. Probably sympathetic. That leaves the blood. If it weren't for that, I'd dismiss you right now with uh, just a warning to slow down. I'm taking a sample of it back to the office with me. I want you to come along. 
What about Peg? Leave her home. We'll call her later. There's something here I don't quite understand. Hello? Mrs. Randall? Yes? This is Dr. Shane. Oh, how is John? What did you find out? That's what I want to talk to you about. He's in the other room. He can't hear us. Is it serious? The blood on the pillow matches. It's his, all right. And I can't figure out where it came from. He checks normal in every way, with one exception. Oh? The results of the EEG test show a brainwave irregularity. Now, it would seem that John received a hard blow on the head. However, I can find no physical evidence to verify this. What does it mean, Doctor? Hard to tell at this point. I think he's nervously exhausted from overwork, practically in a state of shock from this nightmare of a freeway accident. That's pure fantasy. You must help him overcome it, Mrs. Randall. My mother wants us to visit her for a week on the lake. Splendid. By all means, go and then make John rest. Do you think he'll be able to leave today? The sooner the better. And Mrs. Randall? Yes, Doctor? Your husband has a fixation about some man in a mirror. It's a dangerous thing. It might grow. Try to convince him it never happened. Oh, darling, we'll have so much fun. Yeah, sounds good to me. Mother's given us the house on the lake where we can be all alone together. Second honeymoon, Peg. And we'll forget that thing on the freeway. We'll forget it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh, John, I'm so glad you're sensible about it. Kiss? Mm. <laughs> I love you, Peg. Oh, I brought the tennis racket. She talks about tennis at a time like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hurry, darling. Sure, Peg. We deserve one last good time together. Tennis, dancing, and fun. Pass the donuts, Peg. Yes, my lord master. Ah, but you're pretty well trained. We'll have to relax like this more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling, it's so good to see you laugh. We can't let you get down like that again, can we? I wasn't so bad. They'll miss you at that old law firm. John, if they don't make you a full partner, you're not going back. Well, what'll we do today? Oh, it's beautiful this morning. I know. Take me to the village to shop. Okay. I get my coat. Off we go. Honey, haven't you forgotten something? What? Mr. Randall, do you realize that in the five days we've been here, you haven't shaved once? I know, Peg. Well, look at yourself, dear. You'll have to before we go shopping. Here, take my compact and see how you look in the mirror. No! John! You ruined it! You deliberately threw it on the floor. I'm sorry. Really, Peg. But why? Oh, John, you didn't want to look in the mirror. Peg. Oh, what a fool I've been. You're not getting over it. It's growing worse. Don't cry, darling. I'm trying. You believe that that man is real, don't you? I don't want to, Peg. I don't want to. Dr. Shane warned me about it. 
Shane says you're a figment of my imagination. So you're not real. And how do you know Dr. Shane is real? Because I can see him and talk to him. Can you not talk to me? I've never seen you. Look into that mirror. Oh. 
existence of other worlds because you cannot see them. Have you ever seen a thought in your head? Of course not. Does that make it less real? I don't owe you a thing. Your agreement was for one week of life. That has been fulfilled. You should have followed your destiny and died in the accident. But you chose another path and bargained with me. My life is over. Mrs. Randall, I'm the coroner. You know, of course, your husband's dead. Don't see how he could have had such a terrible accident in a bedroom. Main point I can't figure, though, is why you didn't call me sooner. Mr. Randall's been dead a week. Just heard Macabre, a special Far East Network presentation. In our cast were John Buey as the man in the mirror, Mitzi Hennessy as Peg, William Verdier as John, Walt Sheldon as Dr. Shane, Carolyn Johnston, and Milton Radmilovich. Technical supervision was by Airman Larry Clemens and Air Force Sergeant Bob Eddy. This is Air Force Sergeant Al LePage speaking. Macabre was written and directed by William Verdier. Macabre comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man lives in a world of time and space. He lives in a spectrum of the universe. When he ventures beyond this limit, he is in the unknown, a realm where strange forces are brought into play. When man attempts to misuse these forces, he is sometimes destroyed. This is Macabre. The Far East Network presents, in special performance, Macabre. Tonight's story, The House in the Garden. Our story concerns a medieval castle in the south of France and the strange events that befell its inhabitants. About the turn of the century, its owner, Count Jacques de Marigny, died. His among the master of his father's estate. This swept night, a few years later, a black caped figure strained against the storm toward a towering gray structure looming defiantly above the barren countryside. It raced across a drawbridge into the courtyard like some giant bat closing in on its victim. A moment later, the figure pounded wildly on the massive main entrance of the ancient castle and was admitted by a small, hunched servant who led the visitor into the library before a roaring fire. The man stood, patiently drying himself. Presently, he noticed the gaunt features of something else watching him from a darkened portal. For a moment, the two were motionless. Then the visitor took a step forward and asked... Good evening, monsieur. I am Inspector Bordeaux of the Prefecture of Police. I am here in answer to the urgent summons of Count Jacques de Marigny. Perhaps you'll be kind enough to inform him that I am here. Speak up, man. You cannot stand there in the shadows all evening. Good. That is better. Step over here by the fire, please. Good lord, man. You have the look of death. What is the matter? Take me to your master at once. Where is Count? I am the Count Dumarity. You? Thank God you've come, Inspector. Inspector Bordeaux at your disposal, sir. Now, will you explain these rather strange circumstances? Yes, no more. Monto? Did you call master? Uh, two glasses of brandy. Uh, brandy, sir? Yes, brandy. Brandy is in the cellar, sir. Cellar? Well, well the wine from the kitchen will do. Wine from the kitchen... Thank you, sir. Wine from the kitchen. 
Your servant is frightened, monsieur. Please be seated by the fire, Inspector. You're drenched. Oh, thank you very much. A terrible night, yes. The carriage hardly made the trip up the mountain road. But with the horses barking at the lightning, I did not expect to arrive at all. My apologies for summoning you on such a night. In so isolated a spot, a patient could die before a doctor could possibly reach him. The wine master. Oh, thank you, Manto. That will be all. Uh, a moment, if you please. Although the wine is fine, uh, the brandy would have been better. Why did you not go to the cellar for it? Go to the cellar? That will be all, Manto. You may help in the kitchen tonight. Yes, master. Thank you, master. What is wrong here, monsieur? What about this cellar he seems to be afraid of? It's a long story, inspector. Beginning with the house in the garden. The house in the garden? Yes. Uh, continue, please. I sent for you because our lives here at the castle are in danger. Oh? Who threatens you? I am not certain. Have you received notes or visitors who might lead you to believe that uh, someone wants to kill you? No. I suppose I'm not making much sense. Uh, I must agree, monsieur. You are not. Will you hear me out? My dear Count, I am a busy man. Perhaps you should have called a doctor instead. No? There may be a death here tonight. You will but listen. I, I, I can explain. Very well. Uh, at any rate, that wine was tasty. Oh, at my glass. I haven't touched it. Uh, perhaps only a sip or two. <clears throat> I am not a drinking man, you know. Of course not. I'll have Montau bring us a bottle. Ah, very good. Now, tell me about the house in the garden. A little over ten years ago, my father died. He left me this estate of over a million francs. The provision was that I must occupy the castle and remain here to retain title. I lived in America since childhood, since my mother left my father when I was an infant. It was difficult, but I pulled up stakes and moved to France. And then I met an American student in Paris, Yvette Palmer. We fell in love. It was later that I learned she had another suitor, the Duke de Bastille. She couldn't decide which of us to marry. The Duke became an enemy and threatened my life. Why did you not go to the police? Would they have believed me any more than now? <laughs> eh, good point, monsieur. Eh, fine wine. Ah, yes, sir. Monto, just a sip or two, perhaps a, a glass. I am not a drinking man, you know. Yes, sir. Monto, a bottle of port. Yes, master. Uh, go on with your story. Well, one night, there was a ball here in the ballroom. I was dancing with Yvette, and everyone seemed to be happy. Don't look now, Jacques, but guess who just arrived? Darling, nothing matters tonight except you and me. It's our friend, the Duke. Oh? I don't recall sending him an invitation. Oh, he sees us. Jacques, he's coming over. Come on. No sense in having trouble on the dance floor. Now, that is a pretty picture, is it not? Too in love. Please, don't make a scene. Are you not leading everyone to believe I have lost you? Keep your voice down. Oh, you've made a choice, all right, Yvette, so it was the fortune that really mattered. You don't want and have not, like me, a man who could give you everything but money. That's not true. Go ahead, marry a checkbook and a place suit of clothes. That is all you are getting. It won't be a man. Uh-oh, here goes 30 years of gentlemanly upbringing. Sorry you said that, my friend. <laughs> Maybe a difference of opinion about that. You would have married me if you'd been coming up. And if I assault your throat, you'd have knife away, you fool. Oh, Stop it this minute, both of you. It will be over in a moment. If you kill me, you'll never live to marry Yvette. I'm off the floor. I'm ashamed of you. Very well, Yvette. I, I have a better plan to settle our differences anyway. Do you, do you care to listen? Put the knife away. I might. You act like two spoiled <laughs> children. You're disgraced in front of all your friends. Very well. Let us go into the other room. Uh, you know, 
You cut my neck. Oh, it's bleeding. You made the mistake of, of getting me excited. <laughs> Take my handkerchief. That will stop the blood. You know, I don't think you were bluffing. I would have killed you. Well, now, what is this uh, plan of yours? A wager. A wager? Yes. For what stakes? One half your fortune. What? I didn't think I hit you that hard. What is the wager? The little stone house in the garden. The one used for storage. I wager I can span ten years alone in this house without once coming out, seeing, or talking with anyone. But it's like a prison. No windows at all. Only a door and a narrow slit at the roof for air. Stone walls are six feet thick. Oh, make it comfortable for me. Get a servant to lower a foot tray once a day through the slit in the ceiling. All I ask is that you send me anything I want to read. I will leave notes to that effect in the empty food trays, which can be lifted out after I have eaten. And if you remain for ten years? I collect half your fortune. One more thing, though. Yvette should wait until the wager is over before choosing between us. It will be fair, then, as I will have as great a fortune as you. Mm. Suppose you leave before the time is up. <laughs> I lose and you are free. Uh, now, to make it legal, we will have a lawyer draw up contracts. The first to violate the agreement forfeits the wager. What do you say, Yvette? You mean we won't see you again for ten years? That is correct. And you must not contact me. Perhaps I will be more attractive to you when I am wealthy. What if I refuse to do this? Then I will kill you. I see. Very well. It's a deal. But remember, we'll all be bound strictly by the contract. Exactly. Are we not men of honor? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's the story behind the house in the garden. The Duke de Bastel has been there ever since. Incredible. Bizarre. When does he get out? The ten years will be up at midnight, day after tomorrow. Has the Duke kept his bargain? To the letter. Anto lowers the food tray once a day, and we hear nothing from him at all. So? Then why have you summoned the police? Jacques. Uh, who is that, monsieur? My wife, Inspector. Uh, yes? I must talk to you. Certainly, my dear. And Inspector Bordeaux, the Countess Yvette Dumarini. How do you do? It is my pleasure, madame. Yvette, did you say? We were married five years ago. I see. She did not wait. Darling, we can't use the east wing tonight. Oh? Why not? First the cellar and now... The servants won't go near them, Jacques. What will we do? Has something happened, Countess? Yes. Please tell him, Jacques. There have been two deaths in, in as many nights. A gardener in the cellar two nights ago and a maid last evening in the east wing. How did they die? Apparently natural deaths. Both elderly. Bodies were taken down to a village doctor. Said he could find nothing suspicious. Uh, did you expect to find uh, anything suspicious? Well, you see... Inspector, I... there is more. Two deaths in two nights under natural conditions. Probably coincidence. Nothing else. Again, why have you called the police? The drums. Drums? We heard them before the gardener died. And again last night before we found Suzette. What manner of drum? The kind you might hear in a jungle. <laughs> Someone is playing the game with you. Who? Yvette, Bonto, and a dozen other trusted servants live here with me. There's no one else except the Duke and the house in the garden. Pardon me, Master. Here is wine. Uh, yes, Monto. Put it by the inspector, please. Yes, Master. I do not mean to hear. I must tell you, servants do not think Duke's still out there. What? Last three days, Duke not touched food on tray. The tray's come back full. Perhaps the man is ill. Servants think he find out Miss Yvette Mary Count. Maybe he escaped kill everyone with voodoo drums. Voodoo? One of the provisions was that he be allowed to read anything he desired. 
For the past few years, he's requested books on high and low magic, sorcery, witchcraft, and the like. So, and uh, when did you first hear these uh, drums? Two nights ago. We had just gone to bed when they began to beat. Did you make an attempt to locate them? No, Inspector. We thought one of the servants was playing on them. They found a gardener in the cellar the next morning. Servants very frightened. It is easy enough to clear this up. Give me the key. I will open the house in the garden. No, not until midnight the day after tomorrow. But it's important to know if the Duke is in there. The contract states I will lose my entire fortune if I do that. We must wait. Couldn't you send for guards to protect us? Protect you from what, monsieur? Voodoo drums? <laughs> Inspector Bordeaux would be the laughingstock of all France. No, my dear Count and Countess. You have made a childish wager with an equally childish Duke. And now you are allowing your nerves to play fanciful tricks on you. I cannot help you. My coat, you will play. The road back may be washed out, Inspector. It's a terrible night. Indeed, yes. Yes, it is a bad night. You are welcome to stay the night. There really is something wrong here. Maybe you can find it. If drums come again, servants leave, I think. Mm. Inspector, have you tried our grape wine? Best stock we've had in years. Ah, the wine. Indeed, yes. Put me up. Just for the night. Perhaps this does bear some looking into. Fine. Uh, Two bottles of grape, Monto. Two bottles of grape, Master. Uh, Good, Monto. Uh, mind you, only a sip or two. Perhaps uh, a glass. Remember, I am not a drinking man. Thank you for remaining, Inspector. Let us retire now to the safety of our rooms. I know that you recognize the danger here. If the drums beat again tonight. Midnight drummer went around the corner. With Ace, we might apprehend the scoundrel. Oh, Inspector, we got Either way, Inspector, you have the lantern. I was almost asleep when I heard the sound. You were very wise to summon me. This is either a practical joke or a ghastly plan of murder. Look, a shadow around the bend. Hurry. Wait, wait. That tapestry, it's moving. What is behind it? An alcove. Our phantom is probably in there. Careful now. Now, up. Who is this girl, monsieur? Marie, one of my wife's maids. Is she? She's gone. With a dreadful look of fright. Were the others like this? Yes. No signs of violence. Oi! He's getting away! Oh. I must have gone up the West Tower. I'll hand the lantern. I'll lead the way. Through this door! A man could fall to his death from the sort of stairway. Here, take my hand, Countess. Thank you, Inspector. See anything up ahead? Not yet. We're almost at the top landing. And we'll have him cornered. Be careful, Jacques. Just a little farther. Ah! Watch it. Broken step. Go ahead. We're all right. <laughs> hey, have a gun, just in case. Easy does it now. Shine the lantern around. It has to be up here somewhere. Look behind that post. Jacques, a shadow moved. Where is that? You, come out from behind that post. Now we know where you are. Have a gun. 
I can't see a thing. Come on, away. There's something hiding right over there. It moved again. Stop or I'll shoot. No, no, I, I didn't do it. Kindly raise your hand. No, no, you must believe me. Surprise, Father Gardner. Look out for the open window behind you. Take care of the body in the morning. I suggest we retire to our rooms and uh, try to get some rest. Oh, so relieved it's finally over, aren't you, Jacques? I wouldn't fail to go to my door. Why? Because, my dear, you are wrong. The real killer is still at large. Montauk. Hold on. Be right there. Good morning, Master. Have bad news. Huh? How's that? Servants hear about Marie and Francois last night. All leaving. Why? They can't leave us here all alone way out here. They say Kursan Castle. Everyone die. They, they not stay. Motona like voodoo drums either. Where is the inspector? He having breakfast downstairs. Tell him we'll be right down. Yes, Master. But hurry. Inspector plan open house in garden. Ah, the last breakfast the cook made before she left. May I share it with you? I'll have only coffee, please. And uh, you with that? Oh, yes, just coffee. Hmm. Monto says you plan to open the house in the garden. Indeed. It is about time. Or do you both want to die in your sleep? And you believe there is someone in the castle causing this? Not necessarily. Oh, how did you know it wasn't Francois? The killer we were following had already passed the tower room when we found the dead maid. He couldn't have come back without being seen. Francois found Marie before we did. Afraid we would mistake him for the murderer, he, like a coward, ran up the tower. He accidentally fell out the window. Master, the servant's now gone. Only we left. All right, Monto. Inspector, I have a plan. Uh, give me one more night. One more night, monsieur. May find all of us dead in our beds. There is a madman loose. I cannot risk it. Montauk and guard that in the castle tonight. You and I will take up watch by the house in the garden. What do you say? I think we should leave this place immediately. Yvette, how about it? One more night? Oh, I'm frightened. But if Montauk will promise not to leave me. Montauk guard countess with life. There we are. Now, how about it? Well, it seems I am outvoted. Very well, then. One more night. However... I cannot guarantee you will be alive in the morning. The storm has passed. But the night is disagreeable, no? Yes. Turn up the lantern, please, Inspector. It's very dark. There. That is better now. This is the house in the garden, no? Right. Made of stone. About 30 feet square. No windows. So you mentioned. Hmm. Very quiet in there. Like a tomb, eh? In a way. Here's a stone door. I have the only key. Without it, we'd have to blast to get in. Hasn't been opened since we locked him up. Uh-huh. And that opening near the door? That's where his food trays are lowered. Six inches by 24, just a slip. A foreboding prison. If it is still a prison. 
I strongly advise you to open it up for your own safety. He couldn't have escaped. Who beat the drums? They came from the castle, not here in the garden. What do you think? You wouldn't accept my explanation. My dear Count, please do not expect me to believe in witchcraft or voodoo. This is 1910, the 20th century. Then we'll hear the drums no more. The Duke is there, and only Yvette Manteau remain in the castle, right? Exactly. There is no one else left to beat them, if you have assumed correctly. I suppose we are reasonably safe. Perhaps we are. What's that? The drums. From the castle. Yvette! Quickly, we may be too late to save her! Cellar door. Drums came from the cellar. I think so. I will go first with the lantern. There's nothing down here except rows of wine casks. We will be at the bottom in a moment. You see anything? Only wine casks. Listen. What is dripping? Wine? Hardly. Come on. Dripping is growing louder. Perhaps around this corner. Floor there. What? Wait. Monto! Is he dead? No. A blow on the head. Monto, quickly. Where is the countess? I protect countess. Someone hit me with drum. I dragged you into the I... cellar. But where is the countess? Inspector, the dripping. It's blood. Indeed. Overhead, something lying on that wine casket. Raise the lantern. It's a woman. The countess. She's alive. Her face is turning toward... Good Lord. What happened to her face? Yvette! No! They didn't... Oh, God, they didn't do this to her. I won't believe She is dead, my friend. This will not help her. I know who did it. He couldn't stand my happiness. The Duke. Yes, the Duke. <laughs> Kill him not. Let's go. I'll get the key. Yes, I advise you to calm yourself. Where are you going? To the Duke. Yes, to the Duke. We'll do what he wants at last. We'll open the house in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> Most unusual. This door has been locked for years. He could not escape. Monsieur, I am completely baffled. I confess, I do not know who has harmed you. Monto, help me with this key. Yes, master. It turned other way. Oh, all right. Turn. <coughs> there. Inspector, give us a hand. Here we, monsieur. Door swings out. Here we go now. Pull. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go first. I am armed. Bring the lantern, Monto. Yes, Inspector. What do you see? Is he there? I do not see him as yet. Shine the lantern on, Monto. Well? He is not here. He has escaped. What? I believe I understand everything at last, Count de Marigny. Quickly. Where is he, Inspector? 
Give me time to think. He could only have escaped with the help of one person, the man who brought his food. You accused me? Yes. No. Monteau used your key to open the door. The Duke escaped and planned the voodoo drum death with the help of Monteau, who did the actual killing. No. Monteau? But why? The Duke promised him a part of your fortune. They hope to frighten you into opening the house early in order to collect your entire estate. And they have succeeded, monsieur. You lose everything. The Duke broke his agreement first by escaping. Only after I learned Yvette had not waited for marriage as agreed. Now have you not opened the door and found me here? You, the Duke de Bastille? My dear Count. <laughs> have I changed so much in ten years? You promised you not tell. The beard, I see. I intercepted your summons for the police and masqueraded as Inspector Bordeaux. Then I persuaded you to open the house in the garden where you found that the Duke had gone. <laughs> Inspector, the door is closing. We'll be trapped to die. No, stop. Don't close the door. We can't get out. We'll die. No, don't do it, Count. heard Macabre, a special Far East Network presentation. In our cast were John Buey as Inspector Bordeaux, Walt Sheldon as the Duke de Bastille, Shirley Ashey as Countess Yvette, William Verdier as Count Jacques de Marigny, and Airman First Class James Conley as Monteau. Technical supervision by Airman First Class Larry Clements. Special sound patterns by Air Force Sergeants Bob Eddy and Newell Stewart. This is Air Force Sergeant Al LePage speaking. Macabre was written and directed by William Verdier. Macabre comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Mm -hmm.